0: Hey everybody, welcome to Listen, Money Matters. Oh, Doyle rules! My name is Sabas, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking?
1: I am just like my beer, hazed and infused. Yeah? <laughs> I'm also slightly dry hopped. <laughs> I am Very so nice. dry hopped right now.
0: I'm, I'm trucking through my, my uh, liter of water. Nice. Looks like Fiji, but it's tap.
1: The, the irony From is... the islands,
0: the sunny, tropical, exotic islands of tap.
1: You know, it's such a fancy bottle. <laughs> I love the bottle. It's, like, all square and stuff. You know, the irony is... Uh, so, so what time is it there for you? 11. Okay, because it, like, just turned 12 for me. Mm-hmm. And the irony is, is you're drinking water now, but we did record an episode about an hour and a half ago, and you were drinking a beer then.
0: Duh. <laughs> of course I was. 9 30 a.m. beer is the best beer that's right <laughs> <laughs> i have no like no shame when it comes to drinking in the morning late you know as long as i'm like keeping it reasonable for the day overall then whatever man <laughs> same exactly <laughs> anyway so uh today's sketch comes from robbie farlow or doyle rules i think that's from billy madison i want to say
1: i i definitely remember yelling it out like in high school and shit. i like, "Don't do it." I had no idea what it meant, but like people said it, so I was like, "I could say it too."
0: Pretty sure it's from uh, Billy Madison. And then eventually, they're like, the whole family's just screaming as they drive their car off a cliff. <laughs> 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 I can spoil that movie. It's like what 20 years old. Anyway, hey, if you got catchphrases to send that you want us to read on the show, then uh, we're on Twitter at Money Matters Man, and you can send them over to us, and we'll read them with no shame. And uh You know yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been asked to sing one yet, so we're we're gonna keep that. If they could going. include
1: a catchphrase and give the instructions that you should sing it in one tweet, that would be impressive.
0: Yeah, it would be impressive. It's all in like abbreviated characters and I could barely read it. <laughs> Alright. So you suggested this topic. I do not know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So Andrew, what the fuck is a REIT? <laughs> and I, I I say that sincerely, I or sin- sincerely is not a word. Sincerely, I do not know what that is. Uh and why should I care <laughs> to know what it is?
1: Yeah, so a REIT is a real estate investment trust. Um if you are uh extra um uh uh when you, if you're actually perceptive, you'll have noticed um, a REIT was included on our Top 8 Vanguard Funds episode. Um, okay. Where, where you know, I picked out ones that I really like. and um, I was listening to
0: that one while hiking through the forests of Portland.
1: So you weren't taking notes? So I was
0: kind of paying attention, sort of. A <laughs> little bit.
1: So <laughs> REITs are, um, one, a great investment. Uh, and two, a great alternative to what will often be a terrible mistake that people make, which is buying property. And it's not to say that buying property is always a bad thing or even half of the time a bad thing. But um, for many okay. people in their current financial situation, buying a house is a terrible decision.
0: So let me take a guess based off the name. So you said mm-hmm. real estate investment trust, right? Mm-hmm. So does that mean like an investment company has a like buttload of properties that they own, and then you invest in like that fund that like kind of buys properties up? So like you're kind of getting a piece of it. So is is it like kind of like a mutual fund except where they're investing in in property instead of companies?
1: So so to use the technical term. Like like you suggested, uh, it's when uh, an entity has um, a buttload of, <laughs> of properties. So so there's actually two types of REITs. It could be a buttload of properties. Okay. So they would be quote unquote equity REITs, or they would have a buttload of mortgages which would be a mortgage-style REIT. And in the grand scheme of things, it's something like 90% of them are equity REITs and only 10% are mortgage REITs. And if what happened in 2008 is any whatever, where they slice and dice up mortgages and do all these fancy things, probably should avoid that that little tiny 10%.
0: So let's break this down. So the difference between equity and mortgages is that with a mortgage... The company that is like that has the reit. They have the ba- they basically own the promissory note that the person that holds the deed is going to pay off the house, right? Right. And then the, and then the equity ones they actually have the deed to the property, and the they're and they're like renting it. They and so they rent it out. So it, like they haven't transferred the deed to somebody else and are collecting on so a promissory. There are a few
1: actually. rules with okay. how reits work. Um, one is that the company that runs the REIT can at, can take, first of all, uh, REITs are all about cash flow. So if it's a mortgage, you know, uh, there will be monthly payments from all of the mortgages bundled into the REIT, okay. and you will get those payments as dividends, um, and they will also, as it grows, will affect the growth of, you know, what you bought, so, so it'll increase in price. Um, or the other one, the equity reit is they own a lot of properties or storage units or whatever, and they're renting them, and then it would be that cash flow would be what would be passed through the reit. And okay. The thing is, what's really cool is, as per the legal, you know, standards of creating a reit, um, the max they could actually take is ten percent of that. So ninety percent of all the value that the that is held by the reit gets passed through to the holders of the REIT.
0: So the, the max that the owners of the REIT can hold is 10%. That, that
1: that that they can um take to themselves or they could use as like a whatever. Yeah. So okay. So so really this doesn't sound a whole lot
0: different than a mutual fund. Like if you if you think of like the the ways that a business can provide value, it's like a business but instead of creating a product or service, they're just offering uh, like property to do things with essentially like that's their product pretty much.
1: Yeah. So um, not to get into the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF and you can get REITs in both scenarios. Okay. Um, and I think maybe that that should be a separate episode onto itself. Hmm. Um, but uh, you, it's basically just a bundling, like you said, of a bunch of stuff um, with like a common theme. And the okay. reason that they exist, and it's not just like a normal ETF, or whatever, is because there's tax codes, and Congress created this thing. So it's actually very beneficial for companies that want to accumulate a lot of properties to form REITs. It, if anything, it helps them fund, you know, their whole building out of this their thing.
0: Okay, so I got two questions right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number one, why would I want to invest in a REIT over a typical mutual fund that invests in companies?
1: great question um and so on the face reits generally perform better than the average stock market does okay um so i i how
0: big of a timeline is that
1: so so first of all we we can look uh i'll I'll tell you real quick so i did a comparison between the vanguard total stock market index fund the one that we talk about a lot and um the Vanguard REIT index fund. Um, and I'm just going to compare the ETFs of both of them. Um, you could also buy a mutual fund, investor shares, admiral shares, but we'll compare the, the, the ETF to make it easy. So um, if you looked in the past year, which I, I generally think that people should look five years and above, but if you looked in the past year, the return on the total stock market fund is 12.56%. We had a okay. great last year. The REITs performance in the past year was thirty point two nine percent. so okay. it, it dramatically outperformed um, the total. The the you know basically the U.S. economy. Um, usually, housing and stuff like that is a major driver of the U.S. economy. So okay. it'd be like you own the total stock market fund and you own the companies, but you're missing like a core component of the economy. So. It's important to have it as a piece of your investment, um, but if you look at the five year and ten year, which is where I think like everyone should generally look, because that that's more investor oh. grade.
0: So this is still like even ten years, it's almost ten percent.
1: Yeah, so at, at ten years, um, it's it's eight point eleven for uh, the total stock market. Or it's eight point five four for the REIT. So even over ten years, including the bust that was based on housing and mortgages, it still outperformed the stock market. So,
0: so wait, where are you seeing this eight point?
1: So if you go to, um, and we're going to include these in the show notes,
0: because I'm on Google or I'm on Morningstar's quote for it.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm on Vanguard's uh, page for for each of the two funds. So if you if you literally Google Vanguard space R E I T you'll get the page for the Vanguard REIT. Yeah. And if, and if you just Google Vanguard total stock, like it'll auto correct you to the total stock market one. Right. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out
0: where it reports the 10 year earnings.
1: So at, at like halfway through and, and to be clear, um, it's not that in 10 years you made 8.11% for the total stock market or you made 854 for the REIT. That's the average annual performance. So that means over 10 years, you would have made 8.54% every year for the REIT, which is, is, so is pretty damn it's, awesome.
0: Hmm? Is that why it's different than Morningstar's data here?
1: Um, so, so I didn't look at Morningstar's data, but Vanguard reports the performance of their own stuff, and they have some like okay. pretty detailed. Um, they 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 have like oh, the overview, price and performance, distributions, fees. They have like a massive amount of data. So,
0: so looking at this, if you would have invested in it back in the nineteen nineteen ninety six when it first like became a thing, you would have made eleven and a half percent almost. So
1: you're looking at which the investor shares, right? Um Yeah, so when you say eleven and a half, that is the average annual performance. Oh so okay. that means every year since nineteen ninety six on on average. Like some average. will be down, some will be up, but you'd have made eleven the exact number was eleven point two three percent, which is fucking incredible. And yeah. that's over two busts, right? We had this the, right. the dot com bust and the so. I think that's pretty impressive, and if you compared similarly to um, the total stock market fund, uh, you'd have only made, I mean, still awesome, but we've made 9.62% on average. Yeah. So you'd compare 9.62 versus 11.23.
0: So it looks like the the expense ratio is pretty darn low for a 0.24. It's not like the god tier point zero five that you get with the, you get that with like the Admiral shares, right? Or something like that.
1: So, okay. And, and here's one of the, oh, the, one. the differences, and we're gonna we'll we'll do something on on this soon. But um, the ETFs, their fees are generally on par with the Admiral shares. Okay, Admiral shares being the mutual fund. So if you look at the Admiral shares of the Total Stock Market fund, it's fucking awesome at point zero five percent. Like I I challenge you to find anything lower than that because yeah but the reit is also pretty damn competitive and it comes in at 0.1%, which is extremely low. For, okay. This yeah. is for the ETF.
0: Oh, for the ETF version.
1: Yeah. The ETF like fee, the ETF fee structure for Vanguard is the same as the Admiral share. Level. Okay.
0: So I'm like you and like things need to click for me and like I need to understand mm-hmm. them fully, so I'd still like not exactly clear on what exactly an ETF is and how it's different than other things, and so maybe you'll have to educate me on that kind of stuff. So okay, so um, so I think okay. So an exchange traded fund—that's what an ETF is, right?
1: Right, right. So so okay, I'll break it down for you because they're, they're pretty similar, oh, right? So um, tracks
0: an index but trades like a stock on exchange.
1: Here, here's the thing: you can only buy and sell ETFs through a brokerage account. Okay. Right? Um, but uh, they're like a mutual fund account is, is kind of different. You could do that. You, know, you have to buy and sell mutual funds with a mutual fund account. If you open something with Vanguard, you could do both through that. ETFs trade on the stock market. Okay. Um, so the price fluctuates like every second, constantly throughout the day. Mutual funds are, are priced out once per day. So like in oh, the mornings, okay. there will be one price and you can buy that price all day.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm guessing mutual funds are like an older investment vehicle.
1: Uh, mutual funds are yes. Okay, cool. Um, mutual funds almost never. I, I'm going to say like really almost never will there be a transaction cost to buying them. Gotcha. ETFs. There will be a transaction cost to buying them. However, if you have a Vanguard account, they're not going to charge you to buy their thing. Okay. Okay. Mutual funds, you can and when we talk about dollar cost averaging and depositing into your account every month, that's something that you could do with a mutual fund. You can't do that with an ETF. You can't have an automated deposit like that cuz it's trading on the open market and so it doesn't function like that. Right. Which is why like we, you know, Betterment's awesome cuz you could do it, you know, monthly with Betterment or you could do it with Vanguard, but a Vanguard mutual fund.
0: Okay. So is there, is there like a reason you wouldn't want to invest in this? Because I'm looking at like Morningstar, it's got a gold rating. It's like only 3000 minimum investment, which is better than like $10,000 a year. Also, also that, that's
1: the one last difference between ETF and a mutual fund. Mutual funds have minimums. ETFs don't. So you could buy like one share for like oh. $20 or whatever. Whereas if you want to get into the uh, investor share mutual fund, you may need like $1,000 to $3,000. Oh, so if I get the ETF version, I don't have to do the minimum. There's, there's no minimums, correct. Oh, okay. So, so you know, um, it, it kind of like sits on, on both sides. But gotcha. it's a great – so what, what was the question you asked before? Is there a reason you wouldn't want to invest
0: in the REIT fund? Because it seems like over the past 20, almost 20 years, it's done really well, better than the 7% that we usually say is average for for uh, index funds. I think it's a reason you wouldn't want to invest in that as a long-term investor.
1: So so one, we, we say 7% because I'd rather you conservatively estimate okay. what your returns will be. I mean, we, we saw the total stock market fund did better than that over the past uh, 10 years or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, there is no reason why you, you wouldn't go into it. And it, it, I believe that because it is a significant part of the U.S. economy, you should have at least some money in a rate. Right. Um, it's just part of healthy diversification it may even be more of the growth portion of your portfolio but where i think it's like really attractive and maybe want to like do the big selling point is a lot of people send in emails and they're like well you know all these people are there i mean because everyone's buying homes or whatever and they're like well that's the way to build wealth so i i have to go buy a home to do this and buying a home is a pain in the balls to do what to, to you know build wealth quickly or they feel like it's like necessary or something okay so
0: that was actually my second question because hmm. you had said earlier like it can be a good alternative to buying a home mm. and in my mind the only reason to buy a home is to live in it so are, are you <laughs> saying like these people are saying i want
1: to buy a home to possibly profit off of the home so i i and I, maybe we should do a whole episode on this, but I think <laughs> it is dubious that um, buying a home to live in it versus renting a home to live in it. Like I, I would say for most people, renting is going to be better. Okay, it's, it's going to be more cost effective, and it's going to be less of a pain in the ass. So you're saying like I
0: think that's that that could be pretty general. So for people who may move within a certain like shorter amount of years because like for instance like my ex-girlfriend her parents put like 60% down and like they now own their home and they're never gonna move so that's awesome they're probably fine
1: they're also like 50 something
0: okay yeah i mean yeah i mean so you're saying like for a young like 20 something grad it doesn't make sense to buy a home just for living
1: or, or if you don't want to go to a place and be stuck there. And, and also right. the thing is you buy in an, I mean, if we're just going to look on purely a money thought and not an emotional, I want to be able to punch hole in walls type thing, um, on, on like a purely money thought, like a home is extremely illiquid. An ETF, right. you could sell it at any time on any day, you know? Yeah. So like your home, like there, you could be living in Florida and like a sinkhole could open up under your home and like eat it whole. Right. And right. You, then you're basically screwed until hopefully you have like sinkhole insurance or something. I don't even know how that <laughs> works. <laughs> but with an ETF, like it's across so many properties where if one goes bad, like it's going to have a negligible effect.
0: Okay. So if we're going back to the ETF, we're going back mm. to the investment question, right? Mm. So basically, what you're saying is like generally, if you're young, you just like graduated, maybe you're looking for a place to live for living. You're probably better off renting, you know, and then like for investments, you definitely don't want to think of a single home as a good investment. You'd write you much, you'd be much less uh, risky getting into it, like a reIT pretty much. Yeah. So, so I okay. think
1: like if you're buying a home there, there needs to be many more reasons than like, it's going to be a good investment unless you're buying like some beater and, and we could you know, we'll bring in like some experts or something to talk about that stuff. Well, like house flipping. Yeah, like house flipping or okay. some crazy stuff. Like you need to know a lot more than just I'm going to buy a home.
0: As as Joe would say, that's like third stage going to the moon strategy basically.
1: Basically. Yeah.
0: Don't, don't be considering that unless you're already secure.
1: However, if you're hearing all these people making all this <laughs> money on property, you could just buy a REIT. And you know what? If you don't like it, you could sell it. Whenever you want, unlike a home, right. which may take, you know, like 30, 60, 90 days. Okay. So,
0: um, you know, over the past like year, I've been listening to you guys before I came on the show. And there was, I think there was one episode, maybe a couple of episodes where you said that basically what you want to do is once you like, you're paying down your debt, you know, you're paying for expenses and you want to start building up maybe like 25K in a base investment that could serve as your emergency fund. But also, mm. just like your base investment, and at the time you're like you can do that in betterment or you can do it in like uh, index fund with Vanguard. would you say that the REIT would be another option for that initial investing like pillow that you're building for yourself, or would it want to be would it be something you'd want to branch out and try once you've already built that cushion
1: so to to kind of go to the the thought process with that when, when we say emergency funds like I I feel like it always has to be said like you cannot use it unless there's an emergency. And I feel like people have emergencies like three, four, five times a year. We're talking about like one to none times a year. And then I would think a read is fine. A read would be an awesome place to put this money. Um, And the whole reason I go back to that emergency fund thing is because I don't think – first of all, we'll never guarantee anything. But in the short term, you very well may lose money. Right, right. The, the time horizon should at least be three years, if you know you're thinking to get into the market. And I think a REIT would be an excellent choice.
0: Okay, so but if you're going to do it, you know you might want to have emergency money elsewhere then for um, the short term.
1: If you think that you can have less than if if you're if you're going to have five emergencies a year, you shouldn't have any of that money invested. Right? But if you're going to be like a normal, responsible person and you're going to have an emergency when it's actually an emergency, then I think it would be an excellent place to put your
0: money. Well, like, okay, so like, I don't know. I feel like that's
1: generalizing a little bit. like,
0: Because mm. a lot of people can't predict when they're going to have an emergency. Like, I was driving my car down the road a couple of weeks ago mm. and the, the shock broke. And right. I like heard something fly off. So I had to take my car to the shop and ended up having to pay for new tires as well like a new thing in the engine it was like a, it was $1500 i think
1: how many times has that happened to you yeah you know, it, it doesn't happen very often
0: but you know so that happened this year or last year i guess it was it was in 2014 when it happened um, so that was a thing that happened you know and i want to have money available for things like that what if i get hurt or what if i uh, you know something happens like my computer breaks i need to buy a new computer cuz it's what right. i do my work with
1: so the goal, like where we'd have 25K in the emergency fund, mm-hmm. how much did like your shocks and tires cost? The whole job was 1.5K. So so like a scratch on the surface, if it was in a down market, you still would have been able to cover it you right. know, if you had your emergency fund filled. And I think the point is, is like I'm sure there were few if any other things that caused you to drop money so quickly on an unplanned fashion last year. Not that I can think of.
0: But my question is so I'm I'm a little bit, you know, uh, ahead of the game right now where like mm. you know I've got money in my Vanguard fund I have I had enough money just sitting in the checking to pay for it but what if I'm somebody who's like just hearing this now and I'm like okay I want to be at the point where I have that 25k wherever it may be mm. available I don't want to have emergencies but it's obviously going to take me a while to build up that savings and if I choose the REIT if I do the ETF, like what if I shove, you know, like 2000 and that's all I have right now, like, would you say, let's put it somewhere else, a little less risky first, and then maybe move it in? Because I'm seeing here, like on the Vanguard page, it's like four out of the risk. Thing.
1: Right. And, and like,
0: I'm in the star and that's a three. It's a little bit less volatile.
1: Mm. So uh, the, the total stock market fund, which is basically the US economy, um, is also a four. Um, I, I obviously if you went towards some of their, like if you want to get into like the one or the two, um, you're going to be really heavy in bonds. Mm. Three is probably, you know, half and half, you know, so like your 401k stuff. And I know that that you don't have a 401k, but a lot of people do. Um, and they'll have like target life cycle funds. So it'll be like Vanguard total, total target life cycle, whatever, twenty fifty. Mm-hmm. Right. That one would be a three because okay. it's going to start with bonds and over, you know, so if you want to be.
0: It'll know, start with stocks, right?
1: <laughs> it, it it'll start with. So the point would be at 2050 or whatever the year is. That'll be the year that you quote unquote would retire. Right. And it'll be mostly bonds at that point. At so that if,
0: point. But it would start with stocks, right?
1: Right. It'll start with almost all stocks, maybe right. like 95 or something like that. And it'll just taper over time.
0: Okay.
1: But um I think I mean, look, so uh, not not to like dive into like all all things at once. I feel like we're we're covering <laughs> a, a smattering of things, which which is good. But um you know, people should have a few months depending on their situation of expenses, you know, liquid in their checking account. And this was the okay. whole thing with the if you go onto the to the, the site or, you know, if you check the feed, it's, there's one that's called like my personal investing blueprint. Mm. Or, and I might have even attempted to be too clever with the name, so it kind of sounds dumb. But it's something investing blueprint. And basically I say that um, depending on your situation, you should have a few months living expense to your checking account. But then instead of having the savings account and overcomplicating shit, you put the rest in this emergency fund. So if you do lose your job – you know, and you kept three months' expense in your checking account. Well, like I think you could find something in three months, even if it's cleaning bathrooms. Like, you right. know, if you need money, you need money. Um, but then you could at least have your money that's in your investing and uh, in emergency account grow at a reasonable
0: okay. rate. So, if if my monthly expenses are like two thousand a month, then I want to have like six k in my checking, in addition to what I'm putting into my emergency slash investment. Right. I, I think so. Okay. So that way, if, if in that case, if my car breaks and it's like one and a half thousand dollars, I could cover that with my checking. Mm. And even if like the housing market crashes next week, I, I'm fine. Cause I'm not, you know, having to dip into that investment.
1: Exactly. And so, so okay. the, the point is like, um, you should really almost never be touching this emergency fund. Like it should right. be like, I don't know, your car exploded and you have to buy a whole new car or something, okay. you know? Yeah. Hopefully you weren't in it, in it but <laughs> but but anyways to, to go back to REITs, like I think um it is an awesome proxy to owning a home, especially if you want to have it as like quote unquote investment or you think it's something you should do. Okay. It is dramatically less risky. You're gonna get right about the same returns and there are tons of choices of REITs. Um mm. and, and yeah, you could just buy and sell whenever you want. Okay. And in small so. amounts.
0: So just to recap, it's so REIT is really not a whole lot different than any other ETF or mutual fund. It's just that the product, or you know what what they manage, is different. Mm. Instead of businesses, it's properties, and that, that's where the money is generated. Right. So you you know you may want to understand a little bit about the the type of value that's being generated to generate the money um but otherwise you do the exact same thing you do with any other mutual fund research you just look at the performance you look at your you know your risk portfolio and or your risk assessment and see if it matches and um not a whole lot different than other kinds of investments in that regard right
1: it it's very similar and okay. you know um uh, we're, we're kind of nerding out over it, but you know, if you have a read as part of your portfolio and you're just going to let it sit there and not touch it for five plus years, like it almost kind of doesn't matter. It, it's just it's just a different bucket of stuff mm. that's distribu- uh uh, diversified by definition, um, that tends to perform really well and yeah. just covers a part of the economy that most things don't. Okay.
0: Cool. Well, I guess I now know what the fuck a reit is, <laughs> and now I'm yeah my my curiosity uh, up a little bit. I'm gonna do some more research because I've been on the same fund since I was a sophomore. The star, <laughs> yeah. Which so, is, I mean, it's good, but I have not like done any research on other funds. I just kind of leave it in there.
1: So I kind of wanna go out on a limb and say you're you're 23, right? Right. So you're super fucking young. Um, so you're, you're in like a 45 year olds fund. Really? Yeah, dude. Like you should be, I'm, I'm 30, uh, 30 in like a month or two and I'm like 90% stock. Um, and okay, probably like across the board, 90% stock. Um, you should be that if not more, because you have so many years for this to compound like bond Mm. bonds are just slowing you down all right
0: yeah i guess
1: bonds are are more like slow and steady you're gonna kind of know what you're gonna get it's not gonna be crazy volatile but that's like when you're old and you need to count on the money now you need to grow your shit
0: right yeah i think i just went into it because it was like the only one i could find that was a thousand dollar minimum but now i should probably think about the like the best option for me maybe we should do
1: so so how much do you have in vanguard right now
0: um, let me grab mint back up real quick. It keeps like popping up this TurboTax window that you can't click out of. I so know I have it's to because it. it's into so it annoying. Mint. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I don't just want ballpark to... <laughs> it. Like, are you like ten k,
1: twenty k, eleven k, eleven k? Yep. So maybe we should do an episode on how we would structure Thomas, the twenty-three year old's Vanguard set up with 11k where where the money would go okay um and what would set you up good for for the future cool that
0: would be awesome because i would not like to keep doing the 45 year old (laughs) investment plan (laughs) not not that it's bad you you could just do better yeah for sure all right man well hey uh do you want to talk about anything else in this episode or are we good
1: yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to pimp out, uh, two things real quick. Okay. So one, um, cause I'm just going to beat it into your skulls. <laughs> we have, um, our first live webinar that we're doing. It's Monday, February 2nd at 8 30 PM Eastern time. And it's going to be on taxes with our very own Johnny Horta. You've Heard the episode? Hopefully, if not, go listen. It's like a few back in your feed. We're going to cover any of your tax questions. Johnny will be there. Thomas will be there. I will be there. I'll so be there. yeah. So so if you have a habit question, uh, you know, Thomas may very well answer your question. Uh, you have to ask it nicely though. So hopefully
0: it's not about taxes, right? Right. right. We,
1: we, me and Thomas uh, I will probably say a ask. little
0: bit about taxes, but Johnny's the expert, so.
1: Yeah, we're going to answer basically zero tax questions. (laughs) But um, if you can't make it, uh, don't worry. We're recording it, and Mm. the questions, the slides, everything will be available to you like after the fact. But we would definitely—it's—it's free, by the way. So like, come and be super selfish and ask us whatever you want. Let us help you. Oh, and Mm.
0: it's free. And it's not one of those webinars where we're going to pitch you a thousand dollar product at the end of it. We
1: we have nothing to sell <laughs> because I, we have nothing to sell. We, we get we're because we're psychopaths. We give everything away for free. That's our I business think, think model. We
0: just want to we just to come like see people who listen and, and get to talk to them and everything. So. Look,
1: we we have fun doing this. We, yes, I, I really like it. So, you know, and, and you guys email us and and you encourage us and stuff. So let let us give you all that we can. Show up, you know, um, and yeah. So, so that that that's one thing. Um, Also, if you have any, oh, hmm. we
0: should mention it. That's 2015. In case some yes, that's 2015. So if you're 2016, if if you're hailing from the future,
1: (laughs) which I know there are some lizard people that are, um, we're talking about 2015. Illuminati confirmed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Also, if you have any tax questions. Go fuck yourself and don't email them to me. <laughs> wait, wait for the webinar. God. damn it. Damn it. Don't you listen? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Come to the webinar. Ask your questions after the webinar. Maybe we'll answer your questions by email. But um, so, so that, that was one. And um, the only other thing is um, you guys have spoken and this community thing is like happening. Like you guys, there's already so many, we could basically have it going now, but it's going to happen in February and March and um, probably it'll be public towards the end of that whole thing. But if you are stoked and you want to be involved and you think that like you can mentor people or you want to be mentored or you just want to, you don't want to miss out, um, email me and let me know and I'll put you on my list for beta access so you can get in before all Everyone else can. It'll, of course, be open and free to everyone at the end because we don't know how to charge people for money. But um, if you want to be the first one or the, the 51st one, email me for beta access.
0: <laughs> cool. Is that all we have for, uh, for pitches? Yeah. Cool. Right? Uh, just to reiterate, uh, what was that date again? February 2nd. February 2nd. 8 30 p.m. EST, 5 30 p.m. PST. Mm. Cool. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Thomas. Did you know that if you say beer can in an English accent, you're saying bacon in a Jamaican accent?
1: Can you do it for us?
0: <laughs> bacon.
1: Veterinize. <laughs> <laughs> <That are>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My brother's girlfriend said it. <laughs> when he said beta, I was like, beer can. <laughs> Anyway, uh, also, if you want to email Andrew about that bacon, not bacon, beta proposition, or have any questions about anything else besides taxes, because bring those to the webinar, you can email us over at listenmoneymatters at com, And uh, our Get Involved page is listenmoneymatters.com slash get dash involved. And there you'll find a link to subscribe to the show. Also, you'll find a place where you can subscribe to our newsletter and if you do that, we will keep you reminded about the webinar coming up and about other cool things coming on the pipeline, such as the community that mm. Andrew just told us about. Um, so and, yeah, and if you
1: have something against hyphens, which some people do, <laughs> you can actually just go to get involved. Listen more Mario slash yep. get involved. That was Thomas's idea. Gotta make it obvious. There so. are hyphen haters, so
0: hyphenators. I mean hyphen haters. <laughs> yes. So yeah, uh, subscribe if you want to get the new episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, delivered to wherever you listen, and also help us climb those charts and beat. Uh, who, are we, who are we trying to beat right now? Susie Orman. To
1: everyone, dude. Everyone. Ob- Obama. We're trying to beat Obama right now. He has he has like a million Twitter followers. I think Everybody we're at like knows
0: that he just wants to promote his mixtape. So se- seriously,
1: <laughs> God, the guy's shameless promoting all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Uh, also, if you want to support the show. You can leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Tell us what you think. Hopefully, you like the show. I'm going to read a review real quick. I love this review. (laughs) (laughs) So hot. Five stars from Supra X A T Z. Uh, And (laughs) this is actually spelled this way I listen to this show every morning, homes, for three hours straight when I'm working. SA. Keep it going, my dudes. I'm listening straight from the barrio, bro. I don't know what the barrio is, but that's hilarious.
1: (laughs) We we love you, reviewer with a review name that's like a car model, (laughs) SRX. We do love Mazda edition. You.
0: The get involved page has instructions on how to review the show if you want to do that. So please let us know what you think. Help us climb those charts, beat out Susie Orman and and whoever else we're gonna beat out. Obama. Obama, we're gunning for the top. Anyway, if if you want to get our favorite money management resources, budgeting tools, investing tools, books that we recommend, all that good stuff, head on over to listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. That's all we've got for this episode. So thanks again for hanging out with us. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Stay cute, Andrew.
1: Love you, Thomas.
0: your friends about this show.